morning. Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. <laughs> and I'm Jason Maletsky. <laughs> Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. We would love to invite you to join us anywhere you can find us on the internet. You can find us at trustthejourney.today. That's our handle everywhere. So check us out on Instagram or on our groups or on our website, and please feel free to come and find us anywhere you like. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Right on, family. Thank you, as always, for being with us every single episode, or if if this is your first episode, welcome. So let's do this. All right, guys. In this episode, we are talking about fear. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. dun. (laughs) Stupid. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) There's the best thing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean... I know we've talked about, we've had done an episode on fear before a while ago. I can't remember which episode it was, but it's such a necessary thing to talk about and work through. And I had a lot of sort of random things come up in both my own life and in conversations with other people. It, it struck me as, oh, I'm going to suggest this to Jay as our next episode topic. And I love how you were like, I literally was just thinking about doing that as an episode topic. So here we go. I mean, I don't even know where to start ever when I'm talking about fear, because I feel like there could be so many different entry points to discuss this topic. Where do you want to start? I'm happy to pick up this ball. And um, it's been one that's been a huge, huge thing for... I mean, it's for all of us, right? For all of us, fear is probably the obstacle in our lives. It's the number one thing that we have to overcome if we want to achieve whatever it is that we want to achieve in our life. There's only one thing that stands in front of us getting and living and being the full life and the full person and everything we want in our entire life, and that is fear. So... What I've come to realize through my study on the topic is there. I, I'm I subscribe to what I what I have observed in my life, which is um, that we live in a world of duality, right? Of of polarity, where everything has a positive and a negative charge. Um, our lives begin and they end. The sun comes up and it goes down. It's day and it's night. Um, Everything has this magnetism, uh, even you know the energetic flow of the poles on the planet, where there's the, the north and the south, where the energy flows through the whole thing. It's it's all polarity, and I subscribe fully to the concept of fear being a mirror of love. It's just a reverse image of love. It's when we look in the mirror, we don't see ourselves. The way we 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 actually look, we are see ourselves at 180 degrees, right? It's a complete reversal of how we are because it's a mirrored image. That's the whole concept of how a mirror works. And what I see is fear is love. I think that we are love, 100%. We're just this radiant, loving energy, and what we see being fear, this concept of fear, is just a reversing of that core energetic purity of love and it's there as a something that's designed to help us grow that's specifically created for the context of placing challenge into a system so the the beautiful symmetry of having opposing forces something that's equally balanced you know um, einstein's theory of relativity that all um, actions have an equal and opposite reaction. This is the exact same concept of polarity with love and fear. And this, and I mean, I'm just going straight to the point here because that's just how I like to operate. And what that means to me is it's a system that's put in place for us to constantly reflect on what it is that we're feeling, 
what it is that we're experiencing, how we're interpreting things, and how what is the story that we are telling ourselves, right? Yeah. Because it, it's just how we interpret it, how we experience it, and what we tell ourselves as, as what we're seeing, and we get to choose and define what it really is. So this core concept of fear is a system that's put in place in a loving way in order to enable us to self-examine, to be able to grow, to be able to change, to be able to develop. And this is where the whole concept of evolution comes from. The reason why everything is in a constant state of change is because there's a constant state of challenge. The challenge pushes growth and change. It pushes this um, un inability not to change. It makes it so that there's absolutely mandatory for us to constantly be in a state of evolution, to constantly be adapting. So what it comes back to for me is this core element is that fear is probably the most important thing in our life right next to love. It's yes. something we need to learn to love. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. Gosh, the I was listening to Oh gosh, I think it was a podcast. It might have been an audiobook. I, I take in so much and I'm I'm sort of voraciously learning all the time. I can't honestly remember the source, but it was the idea of acceptance of the feelings that we experience. So it's connected to the idea of what we resist persists, but I liked the way this particular show or book framed it in the sense that it wasn't new information. This idea of when we accept the quote negative emotions, I say quote because I don't assign that judgment to fear either, but when we accept when we embrace, you know, when we aren't in rejection of or resistance to quote unquote negative emotions, fear being sort of one of those states, then it actually makes it so much easier to move through those feelings and experiences. I've found that where I'm not judging myself, when I don't judge myself of, oh, feelings are failure. I'm failing if I feel afraid. I'm failing if I feel sad. I'm failing if I whatever. So when it comes to fear, I've definitely worked consciously to make friends with it. That, yeah, it's not pleasant to feel it, but now when I feel it, I'm I'm basically experiencing it as, okay, cool, this is my opportunity to grow, as you were saying. And I can choose into that growth path or I can choose out of that growth path. Either way, it, fear doesn't necessarily always dictate the direction we want to go, not in my experience. It informs a an opportunity for reflection. And that's great because either choice we make is growth theoretically because it's bringing us into our conscious self, our connected self. Um, does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Like for example, uh, we, haven't, we haven't recorded an episode in a bit and I've been doing a bunch of stuff. I went to an event actually in Florida and I participated in a skydiving event, a head down vertical flying event, which is a pretty intense environment in the skydiving world. And I hadn't done that for a while, for quite a few years. I mean, that's not true. I had, I had coached some and I had done some flying and it was all good during this summer. But I went to a camp intentionally to be sort of in not a leadership role and to get basically just back into those, those skills that I would need to be a part of this upcoming women's vertical world record. Anyway, I bring this up because I felt really scared. I felt really, really afraid. And I, I knew it wasn't necessarily an accurate level of fear because 
I've seen these camps before, but it's, you know, there's people I don't know. So there are things, there are elements in that environment that I couldn't control. And I just recognized how I was feeling a lot more fear than I normally would. And the way I had to manage that, I definitely wasn't flying as well as I know I can at first because that fear was sort of really making me feel tense and was closing my mind up a little bit and making me sort of move more quickly and stuff like that. Anyway, it forced me to really slow down though. So like that's where I'm kind of going with this is that when fear comes up for me, instead of making a decision rashly, instead of making a an emotional choice, as it were, it informs me to pause, to breathe, to reconnect to my body, my my higher self. And I only really can do that when fear is present, when I breathe and, and aim and work to be present. Yeah, Jay's giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> and uh, And I feel like this is applicable, not just in a skydiving environment, but it's applicable in a relational environment you know yeah thumbs ups all the way it's applicable anytime for me that fear comes up when i i pause i breathe and i reflect and i ask myself what is the story i'm telling myself is it accurate is it not and that skill of reflection through fear is one i think to cultivate it's not easily immediately accessible as a skill but it is something we can practice, that when we feel fear, it then can trigger us into the practice of that reflection and the practice of that intentionally, hopefully more conscious decision-making. I absolutely love the fact that you rooted that entire statement back to the breath. I feel as though there is no more powerful way to ground ourselves, to reconnect ourselves, and to get back into a place within ourselves where rationalization can occur and we can truly assess what's happening within our body, what's happening externally to us, and look at all the variables involved and decide how we want to react to them and it just doesn't happen without putting the breath at the forefront and when i'm saying that it's as simple as switching on conscious breathing so moving from autonomic breathing which is always happening to and it's physically proven that Exhaling, the process of consciously exhaling reduces stress in the body, that our body relaxes, our um, rhythms, our electrocardiogram rhythms smooth out when we exhale. So the it's this is this isn't you know uh, woo 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 kind of stuff. This is science. It's very simple. When you breathe out, when we breathe out, we relax. And that relaxation allows us then the opportunity to have a clearer vision, to see a wider scope that's around us, and to better choose an action that's going to serve us into the direction that we want to move in. And it's going to enable us to grow in the direction that we are looking to grow into rather than shrinking as fear would have us do. If we get all tensed up and we allow fear to take control, we shrink, we freeze. Right, we stop. We we try to move towards, you know, panicking, and, and there's nothing to be gained from that. There's no value in allowing fear to take hold. You know, the cold hand of fear on your shoulder is never one that's going to direct you to a place of of growth, of of what yeah. we need in our lives. Mm -hmm. So this whole concept of learning to recognize how to deal with and how to overcome fear is really at the core of our beings when it comes to taking control of our lives as a whole and walking ourselves down our path 
towards whatever it is we want in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, gosh, it's, it's a funny thing. The growth minded person, I think is a person committed to, and I say this because I am and you are, and I would guess most people listening are growth minded people. And if you haven't even heard of that concept, it's this idea that we are either growth minded where we're looking to grow and evolve. We're looking to, you know, step forward and create and whatever, however you want to describe that growth mindedness or growth intention in your life versus a fixed mindset where we want to try to control more and keep things more the same. Um, There's this tone, there tends to be a tone with fixed mindedness of wanting to keep things the same and sort of being slightly in resistance to change. It's not necessarily good, bad, no judgment. I am more the person who embraces change, even if I don't like it. You know, it's like that recognition almost of what you were talking about earlier, Jay, about how it we're consistently evolving and changing because that's the nature of life and the unpredictableness of our human experience is that there's change all the time. And there's a part of me that instead of being affected negatively by that, I like that I get to choose to embrace that and work with that and feel a sense of mastery in that, which makes me feel more at ease in my life. So if we're talking about fear and all of that. One of the main skill sets that's helped me feel less fear is that intentional look at relinquishing control in a fear-based sense that white knuckle grip, you know, metaphorical white knuckles of I don't want this to change or I don't want this to be happening or like that resistant feeling of to what is. And then instead stepping into those experiences and going, okay, cool, this is part of how I am earning my mastery in being able to navigate change and being able to accept things that happen and then through that acceptance, create it into what's going to be quote unquote best for me and my life, for my life and my values and all those good things. Um, you know, what you touched on there is is really, really a fundamental principle in my life about how I choose to kind of respect the the nature of the universe and, and all that is. And what I see for myself is the illusion of control versus the beauty of surrender. Love it. Yes, totally. Right? And so here's this thing where when we surrender to fear and now when I say that, how, how am I intending that to be heard? When I say surrender to fear, am I saying, oh, go ahead, fear, take full control of me. I'll just be your victim. <laughs> right. No, 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 absolutely not. Right. We say, thank you, fear for showing me where I hold the concept of control in place in my life. Love it. Right? I falsely hold up an, an ideal that says, I have control here. And the reality is, I do not. Exactly. Right? And so I'm lying to myself in the sense of telling myself I have control about something where I really don't. But when I say to fear and I say thank you for showing me that I thought I had control of this, and but what I do have control of is my breath, right? I get to choose my breath. I can take control of my breath. And that's one of the few things that I can really, really say that, yep, I can do this. This is mine to manage, right? Yeah. So when, when I am taking control of my breath, I'm taking control of that fear 
inside of myself. And I'm managing that because we have to remember that fear is not an external thing. It does not exist outside of ourselves. I can't look around the room and find my fear. I didn't <laughs> pick it up. This is not my fear. That's not my fear. My fear is not you. My fear That's is not pen. the... Yeah. <laughs> the, the people in my life, the things around me that cause me to feel fear, like, you know, um, the idea of getting old, uh, things that are scary, you know, the concept of losing my mind, maybe the, the idea of getting sick, you know, um, maybe the idea of becoming homeless or, or being alone, you know, like really core things, the idea of dying, yep. you know, these are all could be scary concepts when we haven't actually learned about them, when we don't have the knowledge to dispel these fears they can become runaway trains of disaster within our minds, mm -hmm. right? The concept of worry, right? And so this thought of fear is that's what it is. It's a thought. I have a thought and I don't have the information about how to manage this thought. So it turns into something that's a default response, which is called fear. And that starts to just burn and it starts getting hotter and hotter and away it goes and it festers and burns hole in all in my mind and my heart and my soul. And it, it'll just keep doing that and it'll become us unless we take control of the one thing we have control of and that's ourself when we take a breath. And then away it goes. I just whoosh. Yeah. Out it goes. Yeah. The science part of the breath is compelling to me and the quote woo sport spiritual part is also compelling to me i they gotta get the quote right though mel get the get, get what it's woo, -woo. what'd you say <laughs> we're having some technical difficulties There you are. <laughs> I was are you just, back? I was just letting it letting it roll and waiting for you. Yeah, <laughs> you said you have to get that quote right. What did you say? I said it's woo woo. Oh, it's woo woo. <laughs> woo 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 woo. <laughs> I'm really glad I waited for that. It was good. <laughs> I'm totally it's two woos. It's two woos. I uh yeah, like from a from a spiritual perspective, I totally buy into that too in the sense I definitely buy into the science. I've experienced it time and time and time and time again. Like before I even knew shit about this stuff, like nothing. Back when I was an early four-way competitor and I would feel anxiety coming up in my body and then we were walking the skydives and I was an early competitor, I don't even know how I started doing a major breathing part of my pro process, but it was a critical part of my process and it became very, <clears throat> excuse me, it became very automatic for me then. And now to go through my life and growth as a, as just a person and someone who's into this type of education, it's cool to learn about that and go, awesome, I was doing that sort of back then. And now really understanding that science and then growing as a spiritually spiritually called person as well, I feel like the breath also gives you that potential chance to reconnect with your higher self. I keep kind of saying that today, but I mean like your when the fear is diffused, whether it's in a singular breath or a, or a handful of breaths, we have that moment where that fear thought, that story is released and we're released for even a brief moment from the emotions. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Everybody. Freeze. Shit's going Nobody down knows. over here. Everybody freeze. Nobody Jay's desk up. like almost collapsed. I don't even know what's happening. I was just sitting here and my <laughs> chair just 
let go of the hinge just released <laughs> on me and and my lamp fell over on the desk and i hit it and holy smokes oh my god a little wake-up call there it's like <sighs> perfect anyway <laughs> jay was afraid of falling back that i almost wish you had fallen backwards oh, that would have been gosh. so awesome you know i i mean i used to i do this in my classroom for years is one of the things that i teach let's just jump into fear here okay is yeah that um what I'll do is I teach stalls with parachutes of people that are going to take their parachute and they're going to bring it to this point where the forward speed reduces to zero. Mm -hmm. And once there's no more forward speed, what happens is it begins to fly the opposite direction and it starts to fly backwards. Because um, really the wing is pointed down yeah. and we get it flatter and flatter and flatter and then it's just still and then it gets too much the other way and it flies the other way. So it's, it's really controlled. It's completely... Um, manageable situation it's safe to do it but people are really afraid of it and what i teach about fear <laughs> is because the reason the number one reason that we're afraid of this is because the physical sensation we feel when this starts to occur is exactly what just happened to me yep. we sense the feeling of falling backwards and our bodies are programmed to knee-jerk response to that feeling because we have this big cranium up here that's unprotected when we're falling backwards our only way to catch ourselves is like put our elbows behind us or try to get our hands back but it's not a very effective means of catching ourselves. it's really easy to hit our head when we fall backwards so we all know that feeling when you fall back in a chair right that you, <laughs> you immediately get the in breath really yeah. quickly and arms kind of swirl around because they want to do the catching motion yeah so i get people to sit in a chair and I hold them at that tipping point. And then just as they're about to fall backwards, I let them drop. And then I catch them. And so they get that, you know, every yeah. time everybody gets a deep inhale, gets that little, you know, physiological response to what's happening. Got it. And this is the primary response that happens when people induce a stall on their parachute. And what you're dealing with is a physiological effect on how our minds are working. And what's actually happening is intentional we're doing this on purpose yep. but we have to learn to overcome this autonomic response so practicing oh yeah this is what it's going to feel like oh yeah this is what it's going to feel like oh yeah this is what it's going to feel like oh yeah this is what it feels like oh wait this is just what it feels like yeah oh it just feels like this no it's not i'm not actually in danger it just feels like i'm in danger but i'm not actually and so we have to kind of unwire that and unwind that and reverse it to the point where Actually, this feels fun. Yeah. Actually, yeah, this is really fun. This is, re I really like this because <laughs> right. I used to be afraid of this and I had these undefinable anxieties related to something I didn't understand, but now I understand it and now I actually enjoy it. And now, now I can just love flying and love life and not have these pieces. So it's always the same piece of like, we just have to familiarize ourselves with these ideas. Yeah, right? I love that. I mean, that's all fear is, and in, in theoretically, is in the human experience. Oh, I'm in danger. It's like we're gonna die in some form. <laughs> we're gonna be kicked out of the tribe. We're gonna be mortally Alone. wounded. What? We're gonna fall back in our chair. Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna know? be alone. You know. What did you say? alone yeah we'll be alone probably, yeah we'll be alone that's probably Abs the big one. Oh, absolutely yeah huge yeah. and that's the one that doesn't feel like we're in this modern age it doesn't feel like we're gonna be it doesn't logically compute as a mortal danger right in the physiological fear when we're kicked out of the tribe or when someone rejects us or when we're abandoned or whatever it feels the same as it's it's connected deeply as a mortal mortal danger like it's all fear theoretically is connected to death in the human experience i would i would contest um but yeah so just to finish my point on the spiritual things i don't want to not go back to that i feel like peeps are going to be like well what was mel gonna say <laughs> I, I hope so anyway uh just to quickly finish that thought is um the breath and and giving ourselves ourselves a reprieve from that automatic response of i'm in some kind of danger whether we are or aren't whatever may, remains to be seen but when the, when we're able to breathe away or 
take pause and have presence in the moment where we are releasing that stuff, I've in my experience, it connects me to my more intuitive, knowing, connected, universally connected self. So I believe we're all connected. I believe I am connected to universal knowing. And I'm in no way would I say I'm, quote, good at doing that yet. I'm definitely in the practice of and, and aiming to be more masterful at that. And so that's another thing that I feel like the breath when I feel fear in a perceptibly non-mortal danger situation, right? When I'm in a situation where I'm triggered into fear, but I am not, clearly I am not at like fatal risk, literally. That is the time when I use the breath as well and the presence to give myself that reprieve and let myself connect to my intuition and see what it's telling me. Sometimes I get intuitive guidance and other times I don't and that informs me to slow down and be patient and continue to breathe. So, I mean, it's not necessarily even a spiritual concept. Just to me, I feel it, it connects to the spiritual practice I'm in. But really, it's just a diffusing of fear practice. And then do you trust your intuition or not? That's what I would ask people listening. So I want to touch on a couple of things based on what you just shared. Uh, They're all highly relevant. So first of all, what you were saying about really being in a life-threatening situation or not being. So an example of one type of fear, which is present to uh, our life being in danger is a fear of heights right? We have genetic programming that's there to say, hey, 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 that's, you need to be careful right now, right? The reason why it wells up on us, just like a spike, you know, like somebody just gave us a shot of like, pay attention, you know, it's there for a reason, because there's truly a risk involved. Now, here's another one that we have to examine, and you say, well, how about public speaking? Okay, because this can be terrifying yep right and is our life in danger when we're talking about public speaking no no not anymore you know it could have been at one point in time when we were you know living in the jungle that you know being too loud could have drawn attention to us and we could you know a large carnivore could say "Hmm, lunch you know (laughs) but i don't really think that that's the situation i think that what's truly happening in that type of fear is vulnerability becomes present we start showing ourselves we we put ourselves in a vulnerable situation and that we've lived our lives for the most part in the world that we live in today with the concept that if we make ourselves vulnerable to judgment that we are now in a vulnerable situation we're now at risk to the judgment of others Right. And so these are two very different concepts, right? Like the concept of, you know, falling off of a, a building or something. Yeah, that's dangerous. You don't want to fall off a building. You're surely going to die. Yep. Right. But the concept of showing people who you are. Right. And being real about who you are. This puts us in a different, completely different state of vulnerability. Now, what, how do you manage there's fear when it's a non-threatening environment like public speaking. Well, there's all these tr- tips and tricks that, you know, many of us have heard before, like imagine your audience naked or take a deep breath, you know, like things to like reverse the situation. And I was, I'm going to tell a little story because yeah. um, that's what life's about, right? Yeah. Telling oh, yeah. stories. So, so th- this past weekend, I was in a beautiful ceremony with a, a dozen beautiful people it was absolutely fantastic, and I met this incredible individual uh, named Eric. Um, just a, a beautiful soul, and he's there exploring his fears and having a good, hard look at himself and the time that he has right now left in this life and examining what he's going to do with it. And we had this wonderful conversation, and he brought me a phrase that what was first brought to me when I would say I was about 22 or 23, you know, and I can remember Mike early coaches 
quoting me this phrase. And I so appreciated that Eric brought it back to me because he was cherishing it with such value that it really was everything he needed at that moment in this point in life. And the phrase is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And it's just a classic quote in the world of skydiving because it is so, so true that if you think slow and you move smoothly, then what you are trying to get done will get done quickly. Yeah. And that applies to our physical movement as well as our mental movement. And that applies to our breath. And I would say to answer the question that you had brought up for yourself earlier, that the first time that breathing was introduced to us as a concept of how to manage self was in relationship to that core statement of slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And then we keep our breathing smooth and slow, then everything else stays smooth and slow. And then everything gets done just the way we want it to. Now, Eric is suffering from bone cancer and he's having a very challenged existence right now because he doesn't know what the prognosis looks like for him. And he's there just taking a good solid look at what does life have for me? This is what does my body have for me? What does my potential have for me? And I have to say that there's no greater potential fear than to have your inevitable inevitability of, of life right there in your face, you know, and I have such huge respect for him because he's there, you know, looking at the end of his life going, wow, this could come any day. This could really come any day. This could really be like tomorrow or the next day or today or who knows when it's in my very near future. And I have such a huge admiration because in the last few days that we spent together, he took on the role, the mental role, the deciding role of control of attitude and control of the way he views everything and views this opportunity as a gift and views every moment as a blessing and just an entire frame of positivity towards acceptance and gratitude for everything that's happening and for just being alive in this very moment right now. And in that washes away all the fear and comes jubilant smiles and laughter and joyfulness and um, contagious energy from somebody who is potentially looking at the end of their existence within the week. Yeah. Yeah. It's massive. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's something that's a fear that I think most of us have everybody. Well, well, that we have, but meaning that we haven't been super close to, I, I would hope I am. Yeah, it's it almost makes it almost makes me think other fears to talk about are just like it's so seems so significantly diminished compared to that that idea you know what i mean i don't mean that in a bad way i mean it in a like i feel like when we really recognize and and ha and connect to oh i'm so lucky i'm so grateful to have this time to have this life to have whatever i'm avail whatever is available to me in life and that connecting us to that energy of wanting to use it in a conscious, deliberate way with positive joy and all those things, that I feel like that thought can really help any other fear that comes up. You know, any other, like I go back to the relationship stuff. The, I was talking with a friend yesterday about dating and her experience of, and I've had certainly had this experience myself, of fearing that rejection, fearing abandonment, right? Working out that deeper stuff. And she's in the work of doing that right now, which is so awesome. And I'm imagining like this idea of the presence, the powerful presence, the not needing, the, it's hard to describe, but like the goal in that type of experience being one of 
again, sort of relinquishing that idea of control, relinquishing that idea of I need a certain thing to be okay. I need a person to like me. I need a person to stay with me in order to be okay. That's just false. It's genuinely false. And so looking at all of these different other ways that we work through fear, I feel like can be overlaid in these other scenarios where we might have a really entrenched pattern of thinking and a really entrenched pattern of fear. And I think that really when it comes to love relationships and that level of attachment, human attachment, can be super powerfully felt for people. And so the emotion and the fear can come in really quickly and can can really slam down. That's been my experience and experiences I've heard from other people who have shared with me. And I only bring that up because of this sort of intensity that that can, what that can feel like, the intensity of that. And still going back to recognizing that as the opportunity to practice. You know, it's so not fun to feel, you know, I can't even imagine what your friend Eric feels. You know, I can't even, I can try to imagine it. I can try, but I've not had that experience. And so I'm like, what in my experience feels very intense? Or what have other people described to me as what's felt very intense? And I can, and again, how much have we talked about disconnection and and that original fear of mine of that? In my life experience, that has been super intense for me. As a result, it makes sense that it's something that I'm working on, you know, and not that I'm masterful and I, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to say I'm got it dialed in in, <laughs> in any area really, but I'm, I'm saying as a, as a gift to other people who might in some way think we're not working on this stuff consistently all the time and other people are some, some other people have it all together or whatever. I just don't think that's generally the case. I think we have times of feeling masterful and we have times of feeling like we've reverted. And anyway, I'm sort of rambling, but I'm I'm bringing that up for the intensity of the of the experience and how that feels like, oh, I want to avoid cuz like for for people that have had that experience that that slamming down, it can you can feel really cool, you can feel really good and connected and safe and not into the fear thought, but the fear thought can take over really quickly and really powerfully. And so I almost want people not to fear that. Does that make sense? Like fearing the fear. There can, the thing of like, oh my God, I can't even be, I can't even be in that zone because I'm gonna be triggered into fear, right? I'm gonna be triggered into the painful feelings that I feel when I feel that fear. And so, I had to work on not being afraid of feeling fear, if that makes sense. I had to really work on and go, I want to be in this zone. I care about, for me, I care about love relationships. So I want to be in that in that work. I want to be having experiences in that zone of my life and explore that for myself. So I have. As a result, I've had to have experiences with intense fear and that's okay. But I recognize at least for myself and for people I've discussed this with, how that can really keep people from even getting into the ring. It could even be less about the failure or the rejection and more about just being afraid and then feeling like you fuck it up. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's obvious for anybody who's listening to us who, who knows about our history that you know, you and I, Melanie, we've spent a lot of our lives purposefully in a physical place that forces us to deal with fear uh, and, and, and one type of fear or, or a few types of fear. Maybe that's a little more accurate, you know, a fear of physical injury or death, right? Managing, learning to overcome and manage the fear of physical injury or death. And now alongside that, are other fears of like failure or um you know speaking up and and you know sharing our voice and being leaders inside of our communities or our teams um 
uh, you know, fears of the unknown, right? There's all these different, and so I'm talking about the the skydiving world right now, and like the experiences we intend, we put ourselves in challenging environments. So, what we, what I've come to realize in my own experience and through the observation of others and the observation of myself is when we train our self in a particular area, we become better at it. Yeah. You know, we get better at it. Absolutely. We train that. We're like, okay, well, I've developed a skill of how to learn to recognize, manage, adapt, react, anticipate all the things that need to happen in order to have the skill set to be able to deal with a particular emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And so fear of physical injury or death for me cake (laughs) right because practice this for 25 years you know no it's actually i've been practicing this way more than that and same you know for most you know extreme athletes that's a not a very challenging concept we can go and throw ourselves off a cliff or ski down a giant mountain or swim next to a giant shark or something where okay so there's another kind of fear as like a predator right but what i think is really the biggie for me this is what i've come to realize is like yeah i put all this practice into learning to manage fear but my own fears left ignored are fears of vulnerability fears of feeling emotion feeling fears of feeling inadequate fears of being rejected fears of judgment fears like these more core concepts that occur in our more everyday lives, you know, rather than like the biggies, like the mountaintop ones, right? Because the mountaintop ones are easy to identify. Like, of course, being in the water with a great white shark is a scary idea because there's this, all these variables to this unknown giant, you know, prehistoric predator. But same thing with being on top of a mountain, you know, it's a very dangerous place to be. But what, where's most dangerous to be is it perceived to us anyways, we perceive this to be the most dangerous place to be is open, mm-hmm. honest, and vulnerable to yeah. be putting ourselves in a place where our true self is open for anybody to see at any point in time. Right. Yeah. I, I, I can't not go back to my own ceremonial healing because that was for me a process for sure of of releasing ideas around what that is and making myself like learning a bunch about plant medicine and what that is and how it could be of service to me and getting through the fear of being willing to even try that and to do it in such a way where I felt because I was, you know, we talk about vulnerability. That's the number one word. When I first tried that, I felt incredibly vulnerable. And it was really important for me to have a safe space to do that, which I cultivated and, and created and found and figured out for myself. So that was good. Why I bring that up is it's relevant to. So, for example, in the realm of love relationship for me, working, I feel like I've done quite a bit of work with cognitive therapy and this and that, and just lots of learning around, you know, abandonment, rejection, stuff like that. Felt pretty solid with that. And then I had an experience where I had a relationship breakdown and I was really affected by that. So much so that I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like I'm clearly missing something. (laughs) Like, like I needed to I, I, I was basically had a blind spot and I knew I had a blind spot because everything that I knew up to that point wasn't uh, working, wasn't working. And so I was like, okay, cool. There's something missing. So anyway, it's a longer story, but in one of my plant medicine ceremonies with ayahuasca, I really did some work on this, on like this anxious attachment experience I've had in my life. And what i discovered is i and this is a story that i i i can't remember if i've even shared this on the podcast i'm sorry if i'm repeating it but i feel like it bears repeating in this in this episode on fear is this is a story that wasn't to me i remembered it it wasn't like it was in my deep psyche and i never and i never thought of it i'd remembered it but it didn't strike me in my memory as something that was wickedly painful or would mark my 
behavior pattern me for the future. So basically, very long story short, I remembered this time when I went to a high school dance and I was like, I think in like ninth grade or something like that. And the like super hot guy senior asked me to dance. Yeah, fucking elbow, whatever, eyebrows going up. And I was swooning. I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Like, just like, oh my God, I can't even believe this, right? We do the little slow dance. And then I don't know if this really happened or if I made this story up. I can't, I can't recall. Either way, this story definitely has directed me. So after that dance, I the like senior guys were writing in my yearbook, like sort of loving, lovey notes into my yearbook. And it struck me that they were that I was a joke, that they were making fun of me. And I don't even remember at the time feeling massive humiliation. I, I don't remember feeling like, I don't remember crying or anything like that. But in my ceremony, it really struck me like, duh, oh, no fucking wonder. I feel like I need massive transparency. No wonder I'm super afraid of feeling like I've missed something, right? Or some dishonesty or being duped, right? So that fear of being duped was something I really had never seen in myself until I really saw it in ceremony. And that made so much sense to me around why I would be even like more, not just abandonment type fear, but it would be more connected to something around humiliation and my being stupid not to have known that. And so that was a huge, huge healing piece for me. And it is so apparent now having released that, how much more at ease, how much more free, how much more able to feel sensual and sexual and just at peace in love relationships that I feel now. And it's only because I was willing to really look and try to figure out what am I really afraid of? What is going on there? And it took a lot of work for me to discover that. But in the spirit of releasing fear as access to that energy your friend Eric accessed, like that is so real for me, not just in love relationships and tons of other relationship zones and life achievement zones as well. That's just a really specific and apparent and obvious thing that when it was released, it it changed me. I think what's really valuable in that share, and thank you very much for doing that. It's really vulnerable of you to dig into and let everybody listening know about how because what a challenging experience, right? You know, especially as a young mm -hmm. woman to be, to be, you know, to be duped like that, to be made fun of. That's just it's the horrible things that people do to each other. Yeah. But to, to put that out for everybody to hear and also to come to that place within yourself to realize, oh, yeah, this is something I've been carrying with me ever since. Yep. That it's now become part of who I am. It, that it defines me. Yep. Yeah. And yep. this is happens to all of us. To we all, all us. have all these crazy things happen throughout the course of our life that are there specifically to give us these experiences that are going to carry, we're going to carry along with ourselves until we figure out how to untie the knots that we've tied ourselves in. Yep. You know, and it's this process of like, untying these knots of, of figuring out how to unravel all these bits of strain or stress or tension or anxiety or essentially all come back to that same word at the very bottom which is fear yeah right which when you mirror it and you reverse it and you polarize it <laughs> is love absolutely absolutely yeah i mean i feel like there's it's just so powerful and transformative work. I invite everybody into the work, quote unquote, the experience, the joy of 
facing fear. It sounds so cheesy, but it's so, 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 so real for, for in all of my life experience. That's, I mean, that's partly why skydiving has been so incredibly passionately fun is that it's the, on the other side of what we think is not possible. It's on the other side of what our fear tells us we are not capable of doing. It's on the other side of limitation. And it's from that perspective, anytime I feel fear, I'm just like, fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Internet pause. I know, as always. Yeah. So there's a wonderful quote. And if any of our listeners uh, know who the original uh, quote is, um, everything you want is on the other side of fear, right? I would love to know who originally quoted it. I'm sure that I could Google it in two seconds and pull it up. Yeah. Um, but I've heard it multiple times. And it's in one, one a piece of music that I have, one of my tracks that I really like. And I would challenge our listenership to just take a little moment and think about every time you see an example of somebody in any way, shape, or form in the world facing their fears, right? If you think about somebody looking at an athletic challenge or a family challenge or a professional challenge or a deeply rooted fear and going straight at that fear, whenever you see an example of people challenging their fears, what does the outcome look like? What is the emotional experience that people have following the process of challenging their own fear? Yeah. Right? Then I think the answer to that question is very obvious, right? That what we see in people yeah. when they challenge themselves, when we challenge ourselves in our own fears is we see jubilance, um, joyfulness, freedom, yeah. um, success, you know, just f happiness, free and these overwhelming feelings of joy and of accomplishment. And so my challenge to everybody, if once we've been able to see, observe the pattern of, oh, I have a fear. If I challenge that fear and I learn to overcome that fear, what I feel is freedom from that fear, pick a fear that you know you have, put it on the board, make a little list, start checking off boxes one by one by one and start with the easy ones. Pick ones that are right there in front of you. You know, um, lately I've been working on uh, scuba diving. That's been one and I, I was swimming around. I'm down like, you know, 70 feet underwater and I'm swimming with my team and we're all training together. We're on, you know, it's a really good course that I was doing. And I can feel this thing in the back of my mind come around to the front. And it starts being like, you're scared. You're afraid of something. And I can hear this little voice in my head coming up trying to trick me into being afraid. And I'm like, but I have air right here. I'm breathing. And I know how much air I have. And I know how much time I have. And I know everything is fine. I don't have to be afraid. No, you need to be afraid. You need to be afraid. There's something in here that you need to be afraid. No. And I, and I need to train this fear back down. And what this for me, the scuba is awesome because, and I think it's probably just one step away from like free diving mm -hmm. with, which is management of the breath, mm -hmm. you know, because in, in scuba, what you have to control is your breathing. You have to keep your breathing in check because otherwise you're going to, you know, um, your buoyancy is going to increase or decrease and you're not going to stay where you want to be. So it's a wonderful exploration of the relationship between the breath and fear. I'm really, really enjoying it for that. Yeah. But, you know, that's just one example of, you know, something that's on the on a, on a list as a physical and mental challenge. Another one's like public speaking or yeah. being more vulnerable and telling people that you love them. And yeah, yeah. Right? well, and one thing on the, on my list too is for, and I invite people to this is the, it can, we we're talking about all this stuff of, yeah, look at your fears and do the work and yada, yada, yada. What if you don't know how? 
what the fuck, Mal and Jay? I don't Teammates. know how to do that. Yes, there's a humility. There's a sometimes for people who are used to doing things all on their own or they're used to being super capable. Yeah, we're both raising our hand. <laughs> exactly. It can be a super easily hidden fear of I'm afraid to look a certain way for asking for help. I am afraid to look stupid or I'm afraid to look like I don't know what I'm doing or I'm afraid of just being vulnerable to someone at all. That could be an, a first fear toward another fear. So I like the, the professional thing, like hiring a professional or talking with a friend who has skills or whatever, but that that as part of the path as potentially being able to overcome another fear that you want to get at get at to heal to to clear if you're unable to do it and you don't know how that first step might be overcoming the fear of asking for help and yeah go ahead jay yeah so what i want to add to this statement is that sometimes what's even necessary is one step earlier than that is recognizing resistance yeah when Absolutely. a lot of the time we don't even realize that we're being fearful because fear is an automated response that we've programmed ourselves to have due to a lifetime of experiences that could have started in other lifetimes. It could have started from the time we were born and, you know, environmental, whatever it might be. So the feeling, if we are able to observe ourselves being resistant to something and to having some kind of a no no, I don't want to, or, you know, any kind of layer of resistance at all. That's the first indicator that, oh, okay, wait, I'm doing something because I of a fear. I have a fear that's causing me to be resistant to change or to openness or to anything at all. Any kind of resistance is going to be based in a fear. So first action is recognizing the resistance that's occurring. Second action is then, okay, wait a second. What's going on here? What is the fear that I'm having? How can I put it up in front and hold it and look at it and say, all right, this is just a fear. How do I overcome this? How do I get some help to help me learn to, about this particular kind of fear and how to navigate it and understand it? And then like anything, once we know how to pilot or how to drive or how to manage, how to react, then that fear no longer has any power over us because we don't care about it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. I love this topic so much. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> we could, do, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel love like the we fact should... that we, like, yeah. we'd like, let's talk about fear. This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, <No>, this will <laughs> right? be awesome. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. It's so, it's, it's so worth the time and effort we put in. And You're I worth say the we, time I, mean and we, I mean, we collectively, yeah. you and everybody listening all of us which by the way guys we could continue and we likely will do a future episode in a few months or six months on fear again as always but in in the meantime thank you for being here as always we're so grateful to do this together and to share it with all of you we're so grateful for everybody who sends feedback for everybody who gives us a question or asks us about something they'd like to hear us talk about we invite that stuff all the time so please please know that our gratitude is rich and real and that that line of communication to us is always open um yeah you know i just received a message the other day which happens on a regular basis and it's just a little you know like facebook messenger message that somebody shot me like hey man i listened to one of the episodes of trust the journey and it really really helped me on my day and so grateful for it and thank you and and that's such a mutual thing, you know, having the opportunity to be part of community and to be here with you and you here with us is what it's all about. It's about connection. So if you feel connection and if there's something inside of this episode that really hit a nail on a head for you and you're like, oh, I'd love, you know, I know so-and-so would get something from this, hit the share button, send it on its way, send it to so-and-so because they they need it. They need your connection. They need your support. They need you as team, right? Yeah, if you want to be makes... on our team, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to be part of our family and join in and be more actively engaged, if you, you're totally welcome to come join us on Patreon, right? On Patreon, you can make a donation of any level. 
And what that's going to do is it's going to get you into our Facebook group, which is called Trust the Journey Family. Now that family is a safe, trusted space where anybody can share anything they want about their life journey into this space and know that everybody else there is there to support them on their exploration of being human. Yeah. And it's wonderful group of humans who are all there cheering each other on some more quietly some more loudly everybody just being themselves you can sit on the sideline and watch everything if you want or you can jump right in the middle and dance around and be the center of the show it's up to you Matt. but we invite <laughs> so you true. to come join us right so <laughs> it's so true it really is guys and and sometimes that that sitting on the sidelines and reading and watching is exactly what a person needs to feel comfortable to then share so yeah, you're always welcome, but really, no matter what, whether you share, whether you join, whether you keep listening or whatever, it's all good. We love you so much. And remember, keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs>